go. What's up, y'all? I am Chris Chaus, and this is Straight Chubb, the fantasy football podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Headliners. Welcome back to the show. We are always good here. Why? Because it is 420, baby. This is the 420 episode, even though I don't partake in that stuff anymore. But hey, you know what? Those that do, hit it up, man. It's 420. It's for you. Anyway, I am, of course, joined by my guy, Chris Kennedy. What's going on, buddy? What's up, buddy? It is 420. It is Tuesday. It is, uh, I mean, it's it's a lot of different days. It is also your birthday, Mr. Oh, Chouse. Yeah, man. Another so, day. Another day. I mean, you're not you're not completely over the hill yet, but you're getting there. It's getting there. It's, it's not good, man. You know, when you roll out of bed at this point of your, uh, your days and, and you feel like you just played a football game when you were sleeping, there's something wrong, man. I, I don't appreciate this aging thing, man. It shouldn't be this way. I don't like it. To hell with it. I'm going to go celebrate 420. I'm out of here, man. Take it easy. All righty. Well, so I'm going to be doing the show today. Uh, well, <laughs> and according to Jake, you know, in our in our in our uh, group chat, um, apparently when once you hit the age of 40, which none of us are at just yet, um, mm. that's when everything just starts falling off, not falling apart, but just like limbs just start falling off. It's like you have leprosy and you just start losing things. Yeah, yeah. Especially the 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 thing that means the most to us. It'll just, you know, one day it'll just fall on your floor and then you know what? You're in trouble. Best of luck, everybody. Best, best of, luck. of luck. I don't know where to Hashtag go. Hashtag don't anymore. get old. <laughs> don't get old because I don't know where to go from here anymore. <laughs> I don't know where to go. What do you what do you, what do you got? What do I got? I got nothing, yeah. man. This is what oh. the show is about. Nothing. We're just gonna look oh, at Well, each you other know what I got? I got something for you. You got some? Well, last week I liked how we were kind of keeping things a little bit lighter. You know, we were talking about, you know, kind of uh, you know, not necessarily fantasy football things, but just things that were just on topic throughout the world. Mm. And something that I saw, I, I forget exactly when this was, but it was definitely a few nights ago. I think I think the fight may have been Saturday or Sunday night. Right. And that was the fight between Jake Paul, uh, whose brother Logan is the big YouTube phenom, and Jake is just kind of riding his curtails mm. uh, and against a former MMA fighter, Ben Askren. Now, for those of you who don't know who Ben Askren is, I believe he had an MMA record. Uh, and a Bellator record of like 19 and two, which is really good, but he was more well known for being a wrestler. He actually is not a very good boxer or fighter in general, from what I've heard. Mm -hmm. um, and Jake Paul knocked him out in the first round. All right. Saw that. Just like, just like he did the exact same thing to tiny Nate, you know, months back. So one of the announcers or somebody started making a comparison and met, and, well, he, he mentioned Jake Paul and Mike Tyson in the same sentence. And I'm thinking we got to pump the brakes there. Okay. <laughs> Jake Paul hasn't fought anybody yet. Like he hasn't right. fought an actual boxer. Um, I forget who his first fight was against, but then he went ahead against Nate Robinson, you know, who was like three right. feet shorter than him, who had never fought ever. Yeah. Then he goes up against ben, yeah. Then he goes against Ben Aspirin, who is a wrestler. Okay. Which in boxing, for those of you who don't know, you're not allowed to wrestle. So that's mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. a disadvantage there. Ben Askren is also just an out of shape, retired MMA fighter who, <laughs> like, you know, back in his prime, he wasn't even like one of the best fighters out there. He was just good at wrestling, good at grappling. And there have been professional boxers out there that have been calling out Jake Paul and he's just completely ignoring them. Um, and there's one fighter in particular, and I forget his name, um, but he's one of like the up and coming boxers out there. And he keeps calling out Jake Paul over and over again, but there's no response. Um, 
And I believe that it's Jake Paul's brother, Logan, that has a scheduled fight against Floyd Mayweather, mm. which would be very interesting to see. Yes, indeed. Um, but let's be honest. I mean, I also wouldn't be surprised if Ben Askren knew he was going to get a big payday regardless of what happened and just kind of took a, took a fall in the first round. It was like, yep, I'm done in the first couple of minutes. Give me my money. And that's why boxing, I loved boxing. So, you know, me, I'm, I'm a huge fan, you know, I'm yep. talking the Roy Jones, the Mayweathers, the, the Arturo Gotti's like, I loved boxing when it was boxing and I get it. There was always corruption, you know, with the, with the guys promoting and everything. And it was always about the big dollars, but that's why boxing died because, you know, nobody wanted to train just to have everybody tell you when to take the fall. And even when you put up the Manny Pacquiao and, and the, the, the money Mayweather fights, I mean, oh, gosh, that, yeah. that, was, that was just a joke. And then you got, was uh, what was his name? Uh, the MMA fighter too, that went in up, up against the uh, money. Oh, Conor McGregor. Fight Thank you. Floyd. Yeah, yep. exactly. Okay. That was good entertainment, but that was not a boxing match. So come on. And, right. and I get it. So, you know, boxing to me, this guy's fighting, fighting under whatever you want to call him. Not, not the competition that here you require to put your name on the stamp to say that you're a pro boxer. That's like me and you going to the local high school and trying to pick on the, the freshman and, and, you know, saying, you know, let's fight, let's fight. That's, that's kind of what I mean, I to, to be honest, they would probably whoop my ass and they so. probably whoop your ass. Too, yeah. So. <laughs> That's why I got you with me, though. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, I got your backup, man. We're good. Let's move on to some football. We got some things to discuss, as always. Going down the negative side again, man, Mr. Alden Smith, man. What is he doing? Mm. He is in trouble again, and I was rooting for his comeback. I mean, after that interview we saw when it was, uh, was I believe it was the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they gave him the shot. He came back. He said he cleaned up, and he did. He looked like he was legit. He was coming back saying, you know, I really want to make a change in my life. He now is under second-degree battery charge. It is looming from a, a, a situation that happened, I believe, in uh, Louisiana and New Orleans. Orleans. This is a big problem. He just signed with the Seattle Seahawks. And you know that, I mean, this does not go over well. He is already on like eight number strikes uh, on his, on his record. And I mean, if anything does come to pass here, I think he's likely gone and this is going to happen. And his career is basically over. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, when you, unfortunately for somebody who's so talented, he's had issues dating all the way back to 2014. Um, he was suspended for part of the 2014 and 2015 seasons uh, for a variety of, of reasons, including uh, domestic violence, a hit and run, um, and then also violating the league's uh, policy on substance abuse. Mm -hmm. And then he was also, uh, part of that also went into 2016, where he was gone for the entire 2016 to 2019 seasons, made his comeback last year, played well, but now he finds himself back in legal trouble. So unfortunately, I think this is a, I want to say it's while the, while the, uh, the issues that he's having are different than Josh Gordon's. I do think that this is another scenario where you need to just let football go and work on yourself, yeah. make you make yourself better. And football should be the, the least of your worries right now. Yeah. Do you get better? You know, the struggles, I empathize, man. I empathize with people who have issues and struggle. I truly do. If if, mm -hmm. it, if it's just one of those things that it just continuously follows you, it sucks. And I really feel for you. I'm pulling for him. I hope he gets his life cleaned up because, I mean, 
it is what it is, and it's not a good situation. Moving on, we got the Browns, man. They're making news after all the defensive additions they were making. They make a, a salary cut, man, and that's Sheldon Richardson, and they're saving $12 million bucks. So for me, this was complete. I just wanted to highlight this real quick because it was a complete uh, cap casualty move. They, they, they're looking to shred some money, and I mean, I'm kind of shocked because the way that they were building this defense – with Richardson in the in the middle, I mean that that D line was looking bloody scary. Now that you signed Jadavion Clowney, and they still had some fun, so I, I really don't understand the logic in in releasing Richardson at this point. And and we know he's going to latch on with another club because he still has some some juice left. I agree. I mean, you know, he was a he was a great pick for for the Jets. You know, when they first took him, and now what that does though is that I, I understand with the addition of Clowney, it definitely does help that run defense. You know, but but Richardson was that big body in the middle of that defense that really was just going to, you know, completely blow up the the middle of that of, of you know any sort of run that was coming through. So now it leaves them with uh, Jordan Elliott, Andrew Billings, Malik Jackson. So they have some issues, but it definitely hurts them as far as depth is concerned for that run defense. Yeah, and you know, you just said it, like Malik Jackson. Yeah, you bring him in. When have we heard from Malik Jackson in a long time? Like you're putting a lot of stock in Jackson being the the replacement on a cheaper dollar. If if that's why you're cutting Richardson, like I, I really don't understand this move whatsoever. You are li- I was preaching them what two shows ago on, on how good they were doing with the defensive signings. You are competing against the Chiefs and the Bills and potentially the Titans and the Steelers for the AFC crown. You yep. need all the horses that you can get, man, on this defense. Why are you cutting a primary piece? The health is there. He hasn't been an off-field issue and a concern. I am very confused with this move, and I think it actually will be to their detriment. I think it is a big, big mistake. I I would I'm right there with you. And I under I I guess for me, I don't understand the the move for them, at least being that cap casualty like it, it clearly was. And I say that just because they weren't necessarily in cap trouble. I mean, they still had enough money to sign, you know, whatever rookies they draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like I, I grant it was a big, big cap number for them to shed the 12 million and save that. But, but why? Like they weren't a team that was over the cap or, you know, they, it's not like they only had two or 3 million in cap left. So that was, know, it's a head scratcher for me personally. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't like it. Browns fans. This is why you're the Browns. This is why you're the Cleveland Browns. I'm just kidding. Browns Dude, are gonna I got the Cleveland Lonely Browns. I'm sad. Do you know why? Why are you sad? You can't be I'm, sad on your birthday. I know, but I'm still sad because this was one dude that I thought was going to be something, man. And, and there's not, I don't, I don't miss very often, man. I don't miss very often, but this time was a miss. And I got to admit when my misses are, are here, Bryce Love. Bryce Love. He gets cut by the Washington football team. And I had such high hopes for this guy, man. His ability was so strong, so good. And I believe if he did never, if he never did get hurt and tear that ACL, I I think we're talking about uh, him, the lead back in this Washington football backfield, but it's to not to be. He is uh, cut, released, and and it just never materialized. It didn't, which which thanks to. I wasn't super high on Bryce Love myself, but I do think that if if he had, like you said, if he hadn't gotten hurt, then I think you would have seen Love as the RB1 in Washington, and you would have seen Antonio Gibson as more of that J.D. McKissick role, you know, that passing down, third down, satellite back kind of a guy. Um, 
but I mean, unfortunately the, the, the injury, the ACL just, it's, it's tough to come back from. And after a season like Antonio Gibson had, and after what JD McKissick did as well, there's not there. I mean, how many snaps are you really going to be able to get? Yeah. And I, I think the knee was really that bad. And I mean, nowadays we see ACLs. You can come back if you're young, like what, six months, uh, mm-hmm. six to eight months, you're back from an ACL tear where it used to be career ending. And this is weird because for some reason, his body is just not responding to any treatment. And there's always swelling around that knee from what I'm reading, from what I'm hearing. And it's just, I, you know, it's unfortunate. Potentially he could latch onto another team as a wait and see, but I mean, at this point, he hasn't shown any any durability to stay on the field, and he looked a lot slower last camp as well. So you could tell, I mean, the speed was gone. Everything was gone from yeah. his legs, and it's just so unfortunate because I, I really liked his game a lot, and I think he could have been a difference maker. But I had to bring it up because it makes me sad because he was one of my guys, and now he is no more, man. It's it's a breakup. It's It's over. Speaking of breakups, Chris, man, Mr. Alex Smith is breaking his career. He is retiring from the NFL after, what, 16 seasons, the former first overall pick in the draft. He was, this was the draft that we remember, Chris, where Aaron Rodgers is sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and getting angry like he is uh, Bo <laughs> Callahan from draft day. He's, he's ready to storm out and, and, and he's ready to punch somebody in the face. Um, but this was this was the iconic uh, move. The, the, mm-hmm. the San Francisco 49ers select Alex Smith and they could have had Aaron Rodgers. And now Alex Smith does retire. Let me break down some of his statistics for you, because this is what we do. He finishes his career with 62.6 completion percentage, 35,650 yards and 199 touchdowns. His glory days. I want to say, what do we say in Kansas City? Has to be his best. I, I think ab- absolutely. Because um, he played, he probably played about just as many years in Kansas City as he did for the 49ers as well. Um, and the one thing that he did in, in Kansas City, I think better than he did in San Francisco was as a runner. He was, I felt like he was, you know, with, with Andy Reid, he was more mobile, was getting out of the pocket. Um, statistically, you know, had more 3,000 plus yard passing seasons than he did uh, in San Francisco, you know, was throwing at least 18 touchdowns a season where in San Fran, I think he did it once, maybe twice. So, um, but yeah. And then of course, as you know, he got older and, you know, once you get into your, your early thirties, you know, teams are starting to look elsewhere as far as your replacement is concerned. Yeah. And I mean, you know what? Everyone's going to remember Alex Smith from the broken leg, the Joe Theismann horrific injury. Mm-hmm. And he comes back. And I mean, that was the feel good story, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I never was an Alex Smith fan or supporter in the, in the football and fantasy football realm, but it was, it was uh, one of the better feel good stories. I mean, everybody was pulling for him to come back and he proved yep. it, man. And what else did the guy really have to prove at that point? I mean, yeah, he never won a Super Bowl. He never got to the glory days, but I mean, is he a Hall of Famer, Chris? Should we open no. up that discussion again? <laughs> no. No, we will not. A former Washington football team member, uh, Mr. Jordan Reed, he also calls it a career, man. He hangs them up. This one was a little bit uh, – I'm just going through the motions here on, on some of the news uh, just so you guys know. Jordan Reed I was a huge fan of, and and I like to look back at his career and and – Everything that it could have been, everything that it could have been. What was his 2015 season where he went off, man? It was 114 targets, 87 receptions, 952, and 11 
touchdowns. That was the best season he had for staying on the field. It was 14 games he was able to play. And if you can imagine him playing in 16 regular season games on a consistent basis, we will be talking about Jordan Reed likely in the same category that we do with Rob Gronkowski. Am I too far? Not at all. No. I mean, you figure the guy that that was the only season in his career where he played at least or, or sorry, played 14 games, you know, at the very, at the, at the most. most, I mean, he hadn't played anything more than that. Um, and that's the kind of stats that he had put up. He was just that athletic freak, you know, during a time where the only other guy we were really talking about in that sort of a, of a way was a Rob Gronkowski for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, it was almost like that Antonio Gates type of, a, of a player, um, super athletic, you know, not a phenomenal blocker, but a guy that created mismatches all over the field because of his speed, his catch radius, you know, his ability to, to run after the catch and his physicality, but unfortunately just concussion after concussion. I mean, honestly, this, this retirement for, for me is like two or three years later than I expected it to be. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I thought he was going to hang him up too. And I mean, again, he kept trying to push it. He kept trying to push it. His body just couldn't keep up with what he was trying to do. I mean, simple as that. I mean, I don't know what it was. His head was like a heat seeking missile for that joystick hit from Madden. Like every time he's over the middle, he was just getting smoked. And it was just like, oh my God, there he goes again. Jordan, come on and protect yourself. But had to say it. I like this game. I, I I was really pulling for him too, but I mean, it is for not. It is over for him as well. Godspeed, Mr. Jordan Reed. Free agents, man. Let's talk about some free agents. It's been dead quiet, man. I mean, you can hear a mouse walking across the floor at this point. I mean, nobody's signing anything, and I get it because the draft is uh, approaching. We are, what, one week away almost from the NFL draft. It's exciting times, man. Everybody knows the draft is coming. Everybody, and that's why teams are like, hey, you know, we're going to shut down the free agent market with the pool is going to be closed. Once all the free agents sign, then we're going to start looking at some uh, possibilities. And there's some big names still on these boards, man. I was shocked when I actually went back because I thought today to myself, well, man, who is left? Because I don't hear anything anymore. And there's a lot of good names. First one we'll start off with is Mr. Antonio Brown. What mm. the hell is going on with Antonio? So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signed everybody that they wanted from their Super Bowl team. And Antonio was like the guy, you know, at the club in the line where all his buddies are in and the, through the VIP door. And he's like waving at him. He's like, yo, tell me, get him in, get me in. And they're like, no, nah, man, sorry. You got to pay cover. And from what I've, what I've been reading is um, apparently the money that Antonio Brown is asking for is not very close to what the Bucks want to pay him. So ah. I think there's just too big of a, of a gap between the, the salary, unfortunately. Um, but there's no other team obviously out there that's willing to, to give Antonio Brown what he's looking for. So I do think that eventually he will settle and go back to Tampa Bay. Cause I think he wants to try to win another championship. You know, he loves playing with Tom Brady. So I could definitely see him just biting the bullet and going back to Tampa. Man, you know how sick I am of Tampa already. And I think it's because of Tom Brady. I'm an, I'm I've had it. I've had it. Can the I- season hasn't even started and I'm sick of it. Let me ask you this. If, if Tampa Bay's starting quarterback this year, if they had everyone come back, but Blaine Gabbert was the starting quarterback, would you be okay? Would you be fine with it? Yes, I would. I would be okay. very <laughs> <laughs> I'd be good. I'd be like, you know what? This is great. This is fantastic. <laughs> Freaking Tom Brady, man. Just, just give it up already. We're done with you, man. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is on the street. Here's the interesting thing. I get it. We've discussed Mr. Gurley 
numerous amounts of times and his health, his, his inability now to stay on the field, his knee problems, this arthritic knee condition that he continues to have. Here's the thing. The running back class is not necessarily one of the better ones in this NFL draft. And you've got a former superstar. Yes. Granted, he isn't a full health, mm-hmm. but I mean, he could still give you what, maybe eight games under decent usage. You got to think that Todd Gurley is going to latch onto a club right after the draft. I would think so, especially for a team that maybe, you know, missed out on getting a running back, you know, and just needs that, that one year filler or whatever the case may be. Maybe he gets signed to like a, you know, a one year prove it deal with, you know, incentives, you know, for a team option for a second year or something. Uh, but Todd Gurley isn't the biggest running back surprise for me who hasn't been signed. For me, it's a Le'Veon Bell. The fact that mm. Le'Veon Bell is still a free agent right now is more surprising to me than Todd Gurley because Bell hasn't had the injury history that Gurley has had. You know what's funny is I think Bell's just too busy with his rap game that he doesn't even care about football right now. He's just he's just worried about writing bars. Yeah, man. You hear his new song? I have not. It's 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 is okay. it any good? Is it better than Cole Beasley? No, Beasley's Beasley's way better, man. <laughs> the bees, man. He's got the Beasles. He's got the Beasles. Yeah, I don't know. Todd Gurley's an interesting one for sure. Richard Sherman. I saw his name sitting on that board and I said, that's interesting because he is getting older. He's still okay. The speed is gone. The the legs are basically gone. If you're if you're signing a Mr. Richard Sherman, you need him to have a safety over the top all day long. And I don't hate it though because of the leadership capabilities that he will bring to the club. He mm-hmm. will transform a defense into that uh, uh, legion of boom mentality. So for that, I like it. I know I saw Richard Sherman discuss that he wants to wait till after the draft. I don't think you had a choice there, Rich, um, but uh, hey. You yeah, it's not really up to you. That's yeah, going to be teams just don't want to sign boat. you until then. Exactly. Whatever floats your boat to make yourself feel better. But he's got to he's gotta latch on to someone, man. Who's Where is he going? What is he doing? I mean, for me personally, because of his, because of his age, because of his health, um, he's, not, he's, he's not the fastest guy anymore. And I know I keep saying this with aging, aging cornerbacks who have lost a step, who aren't the same player that they were a few years ago, go to safety, move Mm. to safety, be that leader, be that center fielder, you know, for that defense and, and just wreak havoc back there. You know, Um, you don't have to necessarily play the entire, you know, the entire field. That's the good thing about playing safety. You can only work, you can worry about half of the field if you want to. Mm -hmm. So for me, go to safety because I don't see him getting picked up as a cornerback, to be honest with you, at least not a starting cornerback. You know, if he was, I struggle with him at safety, Chris, I really do. And I don't know, maybe it's because you don't see him making the tackles as much. I mean, okay. Yeah. Patrick Peterson is not, you know, uh, as fleet in tackling as, as others, but I, I would have liked him at safety a lot more. Richard Sherman to me, I don't even know what to think anymore. I think the glory days are gone and and we could, could we see him actually sit on the open market until like week five and someone desperately needs a corner and they're going to sign And a a playoff team, you know, maybe goes and goes and picks him up. Yeah. Or a playoff team. Yeah. I could, I could see that. I do. I do still like him as, as a tackler. You know, I do, I do still think he has that instinct there. Um, But it's just, it's the speed, you know, I just don't think he can keep up with these, these young fast receivers. So we're in agreement. It's not about the money with Richard Sherman. It's because teams don't want him. Correct. Correct. Good. Or <laughs> they, they, they don't want this aging version of Richard Sherman. They wanted well, Richard a, Sherman from like 
two or three seasons ago. And that's and that's what I'm saying. No disrespect, Mr. Sherman. No disrespect. Quan Alexander, man. I saw his name on the board and the, the homing device, man. It was a boom, boom. It was just hitting me in the face. Do you know why? Because I want him in Buffalo. I've been saying this for the last freaking three months, man. Since free agency, before it even started. I was like, as soon as Quan got cut from the, the Saints, I was like, hey, Brandon Bean. Get off your ass, pick up the phone, and get this guy on your team, man. This guy is a game changer. I don't know why people dislike him so much. San Francisco couldn't wait to get him out the door and to arrival in the in the same conference. I couldn't understand that. Buffalo, hear me and hear me well before I come down there and, you know, slap you in the face. Go and get Mr. Quan Alexander to play with Traymond Edmonds and Matt Milano. You will not regret it. Do it. So Quan Alexander, uh, another name from the linebacker position who has not been signed yet, which is also very surprising, is KJ Wright. KJ Wright is still sitting out there, and I, I don't know why. I don't know why either. This is what's so confusing. So is it money, or is it because teams don't understand where to put them at this point? I mean, with KJ Wright, you can I mean, put him on a three-four defense. I'll put the Ravens. The Ravens could go out and use KJ Wright. Let right. him let him play linebacker. Let him rush the quarterback. The guy can he can do both. Let him do both. Why not? And this is the thing. That's the that's my argument. So then people say, "Oh, Quan can't play." You know, the middle. He's he's more outside, and then Traymond's more outside bullshit man they both can play in and out man you put them together even though they're playing four three they both can play and they're going to wreak havoc buffalo if you don't do this man if you don't i'm not gonna do threats man but it's getting close it's getting close over here man it's getting warm it's getting hot chris we're, get, we're getting there i'm getting can there. i throw out a, a free agent name uh who i am shocked that he has not been picked up yet yes and I, I think this is a case of money i could i could see this being a scenario of money and that's olivier vernon Mm. Olivier Vernon has not been signed yet. And I mean, it was interesting. I remember the giants went out and just absolutely backed up the Brinks truck to bring him to, to, to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. That didn't work out. Even though he played, he played well, he, they just paid him way too much money. And then they realized their mistake later Browns picked him up, played really well for the Browns. And now he's just sitting out there. Probably, probably just maybe just looking for the money. Cause the age is kind of a factor, but not to the fact like he can still produce for an NFL team right now and still be an impactful defender. Yeah, for me, Vernon is definitely about the money. I, yeah. I think I think he's always been about the money. He wanted because I remember back in the Giants, he wanted to get paid like the top commodities in the league, and it it just wasn't feasible, man. I mean, you weren't that elite talent. I mean, yeah, you're good. I mean, you're you're. I think you're the second fiddle to what will be the top guy, and and you you relieve pressure from the defensive right. line. But yeah, for me, him, hundred percent, it's about money. Yeah, because he had he had he had that one awesome season in Miami. Mm that's when the giants were like okay we're gonna make you the highest paid defensive end that <laughs> has ever walked the planet yeah and then they realized oh we probably shouldn't have done that yeah so. damn hey man can we get our checks back because you know you, you didn't really pan out man can you can you give us some of it back and that's yeah. not how it works that's not how it works you know who else is interesting is malik hooker man 25 years What'd you call old. me yeah you heard me all right fine whatever you hook 
Malik Hooker, man, he's only 25 years old. And this man isn't even getting a sniff on the open market. I don't get it. I get the injuries. I get the play has not matched the appeal from his draft uh, where the draft stock was, I should say. But I mean, 25 years old, you can't tell me that it's one and done, man. And teams are just overlooking him to this degree because I would take him. I would take him if I was a GM. I would absolutely take him. I know that I, again, I completely understand the injury concerns with him, you know, but at his age, you don't, you're not going to have to, you know, just open up your checkbook for him. Like you can, you can sign him to a much lesser deal and have it jam packed full of incentives. You know, if you play X number of games, you get this much more, you know, if you have X number of stats, you get this much more money, like make it incentive based, you know, not, and not saying that he hasn't been working to stay healthy, but Mm give him a little extra incentive to stay healthy. Yeah. You know, I mean, money talks, money talks. You get a, you get a roster bonus based on games played. That means you got to play. It's an interesting one though. There are some interesting names, even like uh, Melvin, uh, Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram. Yeah. He's still out there. And I still don't understand what the hell man. Like I know he is kind of vying for the best possible spot. I saw he's haggling for money with certain teams. So again, here's a situation where the salary cap went down and these guys don't understand. That's why we've seen so many one-year deals happen. And some of these guys just got to understand, take the one-year deal, let the, let the TV money, the, the NFL just got, you know, for 2022 and, and, and roll with a big contract later on, man. I mean, this is just what the, the way the game goes this year. What else can I say? Where would you like to see Golden Tate sign? Ah, you know, man, I'm so done with Golden Tate, and and I hate to say that. I I was I was all on board. I thought, you know, even last year, you know, and then and he just disappointed. I mean, I I think the career is basically done for him. If he does come somewhere, I think it's what are we looking at? Thirty receptions, four hundred yards, three mm-hmm. scores, three scores. I mean, is that I think is that's the productivity we're getting from Tate now? I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate to see him in Philadelphia, to be honest with you. I think giving back to Philly, giving, giving Jalen hurts, you know, a veteran receiver, you know, where they're most likely not going to have Zach hurts, you know, this Mm -hmm. coming season, give him a veteran receiver, you know, that slot guy who he can kind of check it down to, if he needs to, you have Rager on the outside, you're going to have Dallas Goddard as well, you know, in, in line. So I think, I think going back to Philly, you know, I think it might help. Going back to Philly, and I, I don't hate it because you need guys that can catch the ball. But I don't know how much I got left for for Golden Tate. I think I'm I'm out. The book is written. It's time to hang him up, man. I think he's starting to get into some trouble too, man. Hey, Golden, mm-hmm. I think it's time. I'm being disrespectful on this show tonight, man, and I don't even give a damn. It's 420, man. Charles woke up on his birthday and he chose violence. I chose violence and anger, and I'm letting it all out, man. This is what we do. It's draft talk, baby. We are what, man? Tell me what it is. 10 days? Is my math right? 10 days away? Uh, nine days. Nine days. Even. April 29th is round one. So let's preface that for all of you that don't know, we have a giveaway for Headliner You happening. We have the live stream happening with the main Headliner channel. The giveaway is a signed Najee Harris football. You had to enter in by viewing some of the Headliner View, uh, Headliner You videos, excuse me, and you have to comment, like, and subscribe to the channel, and you are entered in to win that glorious football. If you're not going to enter, I'm going to steal that ball. Believe you me, I will do it. Oh, speaking of that football, I had somebody message me on. So somebody that I'm in a in a Madden uh, franchise with sent me a message saying, if you give me that football, 
he's the, he's the Packers. He's like, if you give me that football, I will give you Devonte Adams and Kenny Clark. <laughs> and so now I need to find a way to break into Jake's house so I can I can steal that football and, and get those players on my Madden team. It, it's worth getting caught, man. At this point, right? For that. I, I like right? that. I like that a lot. But definitely do that up live stream. We're going to be on the main headliner channel on the draft round one. All of us, the whole team is going to be there. It is going to be glorious. It's going to be a shit show. I'm sure it's going to be lots of fun. So definitely come and join. We're, we're all going to be there. Literally all everyone. From from Chouse to myself, obviously Jake, Kyle, Ethan, Taylor, Mac, Kane. We are going to have the full squad. The squad, man. We're gonna be rolling deep. It's gonna be great. But let's talk draft, baby. Atlanta is making noise, Chris. Again, we talked about Atlanta. They are the wild card sitting at four. Here's the thing: they're fielding calls from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But do they go the what nobody believes that they're going to do? Do they go Trey Lance? Do they go Trey Lance and start the rebuild with the, the mentorship of Matt Ryan? Is this what we're going to see? I don't think so. And I say that because Atlanta's invested into Matt Ryan for two more years. Right. Um, so for me personally, if Atlanta doesn't take Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, I think they trade back. I think there are teams willing to move up to number four that are already outside of the top 10 that will give them, you know, their pick from 11 through 19 or 20 plus two more years of first round picks. And I think that would be worth it for Atlanta to do because they could still take a receiver in the middle of the draft, or they could do what they've needed to do for the last two or three years and address the defense. And it is defense. And if you're at four, so here's my struggle because I'm a huge Patrick Sertain fan. You know this. And I really believe they need to rectify this position so badly. And they will give, uh, man, the youngster's name they drafted uh, evades me right now at the cornerback position. Help me out, man. Help me out. What the hell is his name? Last year? Yes. What was his name? Or the year before? Regardless. I I won't. I will. You think about that while I rant on. All right. You rant Patrick Sertain would be a very good pick here at number four, but is he worth a top five pick, man? This is what I struggle because he is not Deion Sanders. Let's, let's not kid ourselves. Okay. And the lot, and the last time that we saw a cornerback drafted really high, I believe the Dallas Cowboys went and and shot their shot at uh, Mr. Uh, Claiborne and, and that didn't work out whatsoever. So I mean, I get it. You have it. You, you want to build the defense. You need to get it up. But I mean, is certain your guy at four? And then, you know, if, if I'm the teams uh, behind and I'm saying I want a quarterback and I'm mm-hmm. daring you Atlanta Falcons that you will not pick a quarterback. So I'm just going to wait and I'm going to trade with other teams, AKA the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So the, uh, so actually in two of the last three seasons, the Falcons have taken a cornerback uh, in the first two rounds. 2018, they took Isaiah Oliver. Last year, they took A.J. Terrell. That's who it was, Mr. Yep. Terrell. And so for me personally, um, I like I like Patrick Sertan. I like J.C. Horn more. So if I'm Atlanta and you want to address cornerback, I would be fine with trading back and, and grabbing grabbing J.C. Horn. Um, I think trading back is just is the better way to do it anyway, to be honest with you, because they don't what yes would it be nice to have Kyle Pitts absolutely would it be nice to have Jamar Chase of course do they need hit them right now no not as badly as they need defense correct correct amundo miami miami is making noise and you know what <laughs> 
as much as I hate Miami because I'm a Bills fan, okay, I got to respect what the hell they're doing, man. I, I love oh, yeah. every, every ounce of what they're doing in that front office, Chris. This is how I would do it if I was a general manager. I would be scheming. I would be moving up and down this board, trying to gain capital so my, my cupboards are fully stocked for years to come while I'm putting on a product on the field that is really good. The fans are excited, and it becomes a win- winning formula. Here's the thing. We're seeing they're at six, and they're considering trading back because they're getting calls from teams that I hear, the Denver Broncos, the New England Patriots, and the Chicago Bears, man. This is what I'm saying. All the way up to six. And legit, let's go to Denver first. I think this is likely, them in New England is likely the trade partner that I think could happen here. All right. So the one thing that I'm a little bit confused about would be, all right, it was, is Denver, okay? If Denver wants to move up to number six, okay? Who are they really, who are they, who are they targeting here? Like, who are they, who do they realistically think that they can get? It's not going to be, it's not going to be one of their, their quarterback of choice, unless their quarterback of choice is, is Mac Jones. Again, I do think be- that, I think this, this draft could really depend on what San Francisco does at number three. Sure. And, and I was just going to interrupt you because it's, this is contingent on the Atlanta Falcons at Agreed. pick four. So yep. if Atlanta doesn't pick a quarterback, now they wait. And then now this is, so I guarantee you the conversations being had with Miami saying, Hey, everything is contingent on Atlanta. If they pass on a quarterback, we're calling, and this is what we're offering. And I think these, these conversations are being had right now. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, it's going to be either uh, Trey Lance or it's going to be Justin Fields, depending on who San Francisco chooses. Right. And if it's Justin Fields and you're Denver, you absolutely take that. If it's Trey Lance, I'm a little bit iffy on it only because Trey Lance, like we've talked about before, is more of that raw project. How much longer do you do you just kind of have Drew Locke in there as your starting quarterback, knowing very well that he's not going to be your starting quarterback for the next year or two? He also knows that. So does that make him play better because he's going to be pretty much auditioning for future teams? And how much is Trey Lance really going to be learning under Drew Locke, you know, so that's where I'm a little bit iffy there. Um, a team like New England would absolutely make sense. A team like Chicago would make sense. Mm. And again, I know that this this is a team that has not been in the talks about it. That, but I think they should be. Washington would make a ton of sense. Agreed. Um, so those teams, I think, would make more sense than than Denver, especially for Denver to move up from nine to six. It would have to be Justin Fields, in my in my personal opinion. Yeah, because I've been flirting with it, and I agree, because, I mean, I've been flirting with it back and forth with Trey Lance as well, and the reason is, how much patience do you think this Broncos organization has? I mean, especially the the, the fan base, they're dying since Peyton left, and, I mean, you have no faith, obviously, in Drew Locke. I mean, the writing is on the wall. I mean, they were looking for other options the entire offseason, and nothing came to fruition. And now you have, so if it is Trey Lance, let's just say it out there right now. If this is Trey Lance, he's sitting there mm-hmm. and sick pick six is there. You're calling Miami. You want to move up. You're Denver. So here's the thing. Do you throw Trey Lance in? So, okay, it's going to be 100%. I'll, I'll backtrack a sec. It's going to be training camp competition, 110%. Yep. Best quarterback wins the job, and, and we're done with it. But, I mean, if you're going to see too many raw traits in Trey Lance, even though I've said it many times, I think his arm strength or his arm talent is the best in this class, mm-hmm. bar none. I think Trey Lance is that good at the arm talent. It could be interesting because it's kind of like, you know, Patrick Mahomes sat for the year under Alex Smith. I fully agree with you. There's nobody to school him up because, you know, Drew Locke is not going to teach him anything. 
Right. And what if you ruin Trey Lance? Can you imagine what would happen to John Elway if he drafts Trey Lance and Trey busts because under the system and the, the, the stipulations they're in, and they're going to be, they're going to be lighting him ablaze. I'd be so upset. And that's kind of what I'm worried about with Jalen hurts in Philly. Mm. Like, you know, he doesn't have anyone there to help him out really, unfortunately. And, and that's something where a quarterback like Jordan love is in a great situation learning from Aaron Rodgers. you know? So it's all about these quarterbacks who have so much potential, but they can't do it by themselves. They need some kind of, they need a support system around them to do so. And I swear if, if Elway ruins this gem in Trey Lance, I don't care what Denver does to him. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, I agree, man. I'm, I'm a huge fan as well. And I do not want to see this man ruined, but what about your Patriots and the, and the bears? Really, do we believe? So here's the other thing. The Bears are in a very peculiar situation Mm -hmm. because of what they did with Mitchell Trubisky. You traded up when you could have had other talent and you ruined Trubisky, even though he wasn't the top commodity. You ruined him, okay? And now you're going to trade up again. And if you miss again, good God help you because your your goal, see, this is why I said before when free agency opened, you needed to be trading for a quarterback that could be your franchise because you cannot make this mistake again. This this current regimes in both Denver and Chicago, you cannot make this mistake again. They need to bring in somebody who know and, and grant I know Elway was a quarterback, one of the one of the best. You need to bring somebody into these organizations who can groom quarterbacks, who can get the most out of what they have to offer. And currently neither team has that. I know I, I, in Chicago, I don't trust Nagy to, to be able to coach up Trey Lance, not even a Hell little no. bit. Hell no. So that's why I'm thinking New England would be a great situation because yes, you have Belichick, you have, you have McDaniels, you have Cam Newton who has so much knowledge and experience at the highest level. Mm. You know, even though he isn't the talent that he was years ago, he's still someone that could be a great mentor to a young athletic quarterback. And, and with a body type that's very similar and then kind mm-hmm. of a similar, I don't, I like fields as the comp for, for Cam Newton, you know that, but I mean, I, Trey Lance isn't far off and I, I agree. I think I don't want him though. I don't, don't be, don't be bringing that evil over here, man. Don't be putting Trey Lance to your page. I'm just saying all it would take is, is number 15. Maybe they're, I would say they're fifth, they're number 15 overall pick second round pick this year. And then a 2022 first and second, probably. And that I think that could get it done to move up from 15 to six. I don't want to see it. I, you, you shut your mouth because I don't want to see it. I'm sorry. You've had your time. Trey your Lance time is going to is... be in the AFC East. He your or Justin time... Fields will be in the AFC East. Your time is done, sir. Just stop with this crap. You've had your time, your championships. You have banners and rings, man. Let other people succeed. I'm, I'm, you know, this whole rebuilding thing, like this, this, one-off season that we had i'm done with that i'm ready to get back to the glory days let's go man you see how spoiled they get man you know spend some time in the dump for like 20 years man understand that you're cheering for a six and ten season then come talk to me man then come talk to me to be fair with the exception of the 85 super bowl where they just got absolutely demolished by the chicago bears Mm -hmm. the patriots were so bad at at one point where you just couldn't give away you couldn't even give away football tickets back then and i remember as a kid growing up 
my dad didn't actually really teach me about football when I was a little, little kid because they were so bad. It was pretty much like, I don't worry about them right now. Like I grew up knowing everything about the Red Sox and the Celtics and a little bit about the Bruins. Like he taught me more about the Bruins than he did the Patriots to begin. And then it wasn't until I was like seven, you know, like early, early Mm nineties, even though they still weren't great, but you could tell they were getting better. That's when, that's when the football stuff came into play. I, I, I'm sorry I'm breathing on, on the mic, but, you know, I don't care because I am so tired of it. Uh, I know. Do you, want to, do you want to hand me like a, a tiny violin? No. You know what? I don't, <laughs> I don't like you anymore, you asshole. Asshole. <laughs> Dick. Anyway, Carolina is also in the talks, man. And this is also contingent on what Atlanta does, on what the Miami Dolphins do. Then the Carolina Panthers are now in the mix as well. And this is where I kind of agree. So I've seen a lot of talk back and forth to understand how this would work for this team. Mm-hmm. And, and again, so if, if Miami holds at six and they can't find a good trade partner for value, they're probably going wide receiver or offensive line. That's, that's where I'm kind of seeing them go. And if maybe if Pitts lands to them, maybe they pick Pitts. but, but I'm just speculating. Mm-hmm. Carolina now becomes the de facto for the teams like the New England Patriots, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the Washington football team. That is kind of where the money spot is for them to trade up. And is it possible that we see Pittsburgh actually move up to take a quarterback? I think I think they should, to be honest with you. Um, with Carolina, I think teams might be a little bit hesitant to to trade down, like with you know with. Miami at number six. I think they might be a little bit hesitant to move from number six to number nine because you're not going to, the value just isn't there. You're not going to be able to get as many picks in return just by moving down three spots. You know, like it's just not there. It would make a lot more sense for them to make a trade with Chicago or with, with New England, you know, to be, or even Pittsburgh to recoup more future picks and still get a good first round, you know, spot there. With Pittsburgh, I think Pittsburgh would definitely be a team that would benefit from moving up, but I haven't heard any sort of rumors saying saying that they're willing to. Um, but I think Pittsburgh is, again, one of those teams that would absolutely benefit from drafting their next franchise quarterback because Ben is, yeah, this is it. This is his last hurrah, most likely. See, and I've heard two comments. I've heard two. Speaking of Pittsburgh, <clears throat> excuse me, entertaining the, the possibility of moving up in this draft. Two comments I've heard this entire offseason. One was recent, and the thing is, other than that, they've been extremely quiet. They've been quiet. They just locked up Mike Tomlin to another contract extension. So you know that the same brass is still going to be running the same way. Yep. I agree. Ben is done. This is it. I I think even if they draft a rookie, I think Ben could potentially be unseated if this rookie is, is there after like week eight. But I don't don't sleep on it, man. If this happens, I'm going to be cheering and being like, yes, I, I, I see the future. Come to me for all future things. I see it. It could be it could be a situation we saw with the Giants years ago with Kurt Warner was a starting quarterback for the Giants and Eli mm-hmm. was, you know, the, the, the rookie and Eli eventually took over, which we all knew was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it could be that that, you know, the changing of the guard. I like it. I like it. This one's kind of interesting. I saw this one floating around the wire and it is Baltimore. Baltimore comes back into play. We've been, we've been putting them down and cussing them a little bit just because of how they handled the Kenny Galladay thing. The uh, Allen Robinson thing saying, nah, you know, all wide receivers. Yeah. We don't like wide receivers. We, We have no use for them, but now they're back in the news saying rumor has it 
that we're looking at Terrace Marshall and Rashad Bateman as their rookies uh, of choice in mm-hmm. the back end of the, in the first round. And I mean, okay, you know, the thing is it would be such a move of, uh, of Baltimore to be taken Marshall over Bateman. And, and, and I'm a huge Marshall fan. I think he's a very, very good talent, but what you're looking for is kind of that alpha guy. And Bateman is that guy. And, and yeah. you're looking for a great compliment to Hollywood Brown you don't go Marshall in this sense and then watch they're going to go Marshall. I was going to say, don't, Tony, I wouldn't even think about Marshall. I could see them going after Darius Tony instead. You know, <laughs> that would, that would be yeah. the absolute Ravens move to make right there is yeah, go after Tony and be like, yep, he's our guy. That's our mm-hmm. first round pick right there. Because I did see a quote from, from Harbaugh saying, you know, we are going to be looking to add a receiver. It's going to be through the draft. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, because how well has that worked out for you in the past there, bud? Like, like who is drafting wide receivers for you? Do you, are you, are you talking about the new England? Are you talking with the new England Patriots and saying, Hey, what's your draft strategy for wide receivers? We really like it. We're going to start using that. <laughs> and it works so well for both clubs. My God. But I mean, for me, it has to be Bateman. Bateman is your guy. If you're looking to actually yeah. have that tandem, that, that finally the young talent dog receivers where you can do both speed and power, speed and route running ability, release, set up the mismatch. Like if you're looking for all of that, I think Bateman is your guy over Marshall. Even though I think Marshall's going to be a very good number two in this league uh, for somebody's team, I, I think Bateman's the guy here. Jumping back to my bills. You want to jump back to my bills? This is, I mean, this... I had my moment with the Patriots. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about your bills. Yeah, we get I get two times. Two times I'm talking about my bills. And the reason is because Mr. Brandon Bean, he goes on his uh, uh, cast today or the news conference today, I should say. And they asked him the question. And I found this to be very interesting. I shared this with you guys in the DM earlier today. And he said, I quote, if an, the question was before I say the quote, the question was, what will you do at pick 30 if there is an art running back there of choice? And Brandon Bean says, and I quote, if a running back is the best player on the board at pick 30, we will take the best player on the board. And I just wet my pants when I read that, because you know me, I'm looking for the bills to be more balanced, to be that, that full squad that I'm looking for. And right. running back is extremely important for this offense. Yes, I understand that they didn't run the ball and there was no commitment to the run last year, but I think it's because they had to. I don't think that was by design. I really, truly believe in a lot of those games, they would have liked Josh Allen to throw less in the fourth quarter when they had the lead, control the clock, then play some more defense. And with a sound running game, that allows you now to have your defense rested on the sideline because if you can gain chunk yardage, you're gaining first downs, they're getting rest, everybody wins. The question I have is, who is the running back that they will pick here if they fall? I mean, if, I, if, if I'm there, if, if I'm sorry, it. if I'm if I'm the Bills and this guy is still there at what, 26 30. or 27, you guys take 30. Oh, you guys have picked 30. All right. He's probably not going to be there because I was going to say Najee Harris. I don't think he's going to be there at 30. I think they would have to trade up in order to get him. Um, but that would be the guy that I would be targeting. So if it's Etienne, are you out? I'm not super thrilled, but I don't I don't mind it. I, I love I love Etienne. I, I think he's going to be fine. Um, I just personally, Harris is my, is my RB one. Um, I I agree. Go ahead. What I, I'm honestly on the fence though, because I'm still debating if, 
if ETN is my RB2 or if Javante Williams is. Like, I've got a huge man crush on Williams, and I would be okay with him being my RB, my RB2 in this draft. Okay. Now, now I'm going to have to kick you off the show. But because... that's, but, but not in the first round. Okay, but I'm still going to have to kick you off the show because you just you just insinuated the fact that you're going to put Javante above my guy, Travis Etienne? Yeah. Yeah, that just happened. You guys see the disrespect that is, is on this show now? Do you understand my frustration? All the listeners, I'm asking you. I'm looking for answers, man. Tell me now because do you see what's happening here? I mean, I don't even know how you guys have like a late first round pick. You guys should, should have been in like top 12. Oh, you mother. Suck you know. it. You mother, you know, it's funny though. I, I, I'm, I'm playing obviously, but I mean, it's, it, it is the, the, the Najee Harris, but see, the thing is it's a, it's a valid argument because nobody is coveting this running back class as much, which might, which may right. push, which may push the top end commodities up the board because they know that it's not like the last draft where you could wait. And the first running back off the board was who CEH, if I'm not mistaken, last year, with the, with the very last pick in the, in the first round. Exactly. Because it was so deep. So they felt, you know, even if we miss out on, on one of these guys, we're comfortable taking the next, but from this draft class, it is the top three. It is Najee. It is Travis and it is Javante. And, and for me, if I'm the Buffalo Bills and if, if Najee or Etienne are on the board at this point, I am throwing that pick to the fire and I am saying, take this running back because you're going to go back into the second round. If, if not, here's the thing. Here's, here's where I would do it differently. If not, and your player is not there, I'm trading down. I'm going into the early second round. I'm stacking more picks, and I'm going to pick a defensive back, which could be J.C. Horn, which could be Farley, because you need – Excuse me. You need that guy to team mm -hmm. up with Trey, uh, Trey White. And I don't care what anybody says. Yes, I like the talent they have in the room. They need another dog to set up with Trey White. And you need a bona fide number two defensive back that is going to stop people on this defense. And this is where you go outside of that. I don't care what you do except trade down. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the Bills, they... Running back is not an immediate need for them. I do think they have other immediate needs. Like you said, I think cornerback, I think edge rusher, those are two areas where they definitely need to improve on. And I think that you, we could see, we could see some ed edge rushers fall in the first round, you know, especially if teams try to keep moving up to get offensive players, we could see some, some good defensive players start to drop. Let me give you a scenario here. What if Gregory Rousseau was available at 30 for you? Would you be okay with, with going there? Mm -mm. I'm, no. I'm out. I'm out. Too raw. Russo. Yeah, he's too raw. I'm out yep. because right now bills are in win now mode. And, and for me, it's like uh, the Epinesa draft last year. Oh and yeah. He, he was falling, falling, falling. And everyone's like, why is he falling? But it's because the raw traits, they saw the tendencies. Did Epinesa play well when he was on the field? Sure. He had his moments, but now this is not what you need as the Buffalo bills. In my opinion, you need bona fide playmakers now to round out the roster to help them get to that next level. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I know this person is not going to fall to 30, but imagine if he did. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I, I just wet myself for the next week if that happens, man. If like, we got JOK? Imagine, imagine if JOK somehow fell to 30 or you guys were able to trade up a few spots to oh secure him. Goodness, man. If if JOK gets on a Bills uniform, I will buy you a uniform. I will buy Jake a uniform and Kyle a uniform. Full gear, man. I would actually appreciate that because he loves JOK just as much he as you. He does, man. I will do the cleats, the pants, the pads, the socks. I'll give you all, oh, man. 
I don't even care. It'll be express delivery. Do we get the helmets as well? You get the helmets too, man. Yes. Signed. I will go down and get JOK to sign them on my lunch break. That's like, uh, JOK, just let you know, I just dropped like 10 grand on my buddies. <laughs> so <laughs> can you autograph this stuff for me, please, sir? Yeah, no, man. If, if that happens, I'll, you're going to see me just blow up Twitter. I mean, that's the day you're going to want to see me because I'm just going to light it up, man. It's going to be all, all Chris Chouse all day. What's, let me ask you this. What is one position you do not want the Bills to draft? Like one position where you aren't necessarily like set at, but you're not like in desperate need of it either? It's got to be uh, offensive line. I think the line is okay. good. They, they re-upped everybody. And if they're going to go for anything, it's going to be depth. And I, I mean, for me, I, that's just not a need anymore. I think they, they show that they can protect Josh Allen. Uh, Brandon Bean has just done a magical job in re-signing everybody. So, I mean, yeah, that, that for me, everything else. I mean, defensive line, linebacker, defensive back, uh, running back, even wide receiver. I'm cool with the, with the group that we have right now. I don't think they need a pressing need for wide receiver either. All right. I asked because I'm, you know, I was looking through, I've looked through a bunch of different uh, mock drafts from people and, um, there have been some New England-based uh, writers who have who have been mocking uh, the Patriots taking a defensive tackle, um, either at 15 or trading back and taking a defensive tackle. And our defensive tackle is not super deep. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, this draft is so deep in every other position. Like, why would you go after a defensive tackle, you know, unless you're going after one of the top ones in the draft, not just kind of playing whoever may fall to you there. Because obviously with the Patriots, I mean, quarterback aside, you know, um, receiver is certainly an issue for them. Um, I'd love it if they could add one more edge rusher, you know, more of like a three, four linebacker. Um, they're set at, at the secondary position, you know, for the most part. And I know I just, I, I kept seeing like Boston based writers keep saying D tackle, D tackle. And I'm like, no, no, See, they're just going need. straight on need. And, and they're thinking that's a major need. And I agree. I don't think you guys go there, but do you want to draft another wide receiver, man? Cause you're tracking. I don't want, I don't, whoever's been drafting wide receivers for us. Oh. I want them to like, just be taken out of the draft room altogether. Oh um, what I would love is whoever is drafting wide receivers for the Steelers. I want to poach them for a draft and exactly. see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you want to do. We'll close this one out on the last one I got. It is Mr. Dave Gettleman. He is making news on two fronts, man. And we'll burn through the first one quickly. He says Devontae Booker is a three down back. Did you see this nonsense? I'm sorry. Is this, is this like 2000, like, 13 2014 when he yeah, played for, for denver yeah. no yeah. oh we're talking about like 2021 Devonte booker yeah um yeah uh gettleman is um enjoying maybe he, maybe maybe he's completely completely embracing 420 right now and is just like <laughs> yeah Devonte booker three down back yeah. <sighs> it's better yeah. than saquon Anyway, we're hearing the that king of thing. analytics. That's Dave it, Gellman. man. He's good. He's good at what he does. Anyway, they're talking about also trading down from pick 11, man. And, and Gellman, they're, they're, they're breaking it down with huge humor because they say he's never traded down in a draft. Like you can never do he it. Hasn't, one he's time. always stayed put. Right. And, and they're saying that it could never happen. And I just got a kick out of that because it's the, it's the one site that we know I won't, I won't call them out, but they always put out some, some nonsense, but is there a possibility they trade down because they're an interesting team as well. They have needs, they have holds They're They're building the defense properly, but do they trade down? I think they could, if I'm them, I don't though, because there are two specific defensive studs. I would love to see them draft. 
And that's either Micah Parsons linebacker from Penn state or Michigan edge rusher, Quiddy pay. I think those are two guys that could immediately be impactful playmakers for that defense because that defense is already good as, as it is. I think they're just missing that one more piece, that one edge rusher that can get after the quarterback. That's what I think that would complete their defense for the most part, because on offense, they have the weapons that they need. It's just going to be a matter of whether or not, you know, Daniel Jones doesn't crap himself, you know, for another season. So I think getting one of those two defensive players would be perfect. And you're not going to get them if you move back from 11. And could you imagine Parsons playing with Martinez? I just wet my pants. Right. Yeah. I think I just, I think I just did a number two because that's just ridiculous. <laughs> that would be <laughs> absolute glorious pandemonium for yeah. New York giant fans. That's absolute. But I mean, that's all I got, man. That's all I got on this, on this 420, man. Everybody stay safe and enjoy your bud and, and Whatever. stay away from smoking those French rolls. All right, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, the French rolls, just don't do that. That's just dangerous. But anyway, so on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore FH1. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Kennedy 318. To all the listeners, thank you for all the support. And on behalf of Chris, thanks again for listening. Until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.